the secret is baby slugs. The big ones are just too chewy. I got a meat cleaver and I know how to use it. We plan to arrest her and put her in jail. That ought to do it. What big teeth you have, Grandma? You're expecting perhaps Janet Lee? Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. I'm getting a hundred cups of coffee, starting now. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Coffee machine? One cup of coffee, please. What an excellent day for an exorcism. My name is Jerry, and I'm a tabletop gamer who loves horror movies, and unfortunately, I dislike anything that tastes like coffee. And I'm John. I love horror movies, and of course, coffee. Welcome to Coffee Flavored Horror. This is where we discuss media and talk about the good, the bad, the horrifying, and the horrifyingly cheesy. Speaking of horrifyingly cheesy, and this one is horrifyingly cheesy. <laughs> this is all cheesy. <laughs> Let's get to this week's movie. All right. What is this week's movie, John? To this week's movie is a movie I've never heard of in my entire life. Dead Time Stories from 1986. I have a fondness for this movie. Why? Who hurt you? I'll tell you right now, people. <laughs> before we get any further, we're just going to say this movie ain't good, but it is a lot of fun. I enjoy this movie, but it ain't good. <laughs> You're right. It, uh, the movie's not good at all, but it it's actually is a mildly to somewhat entertaining. It ain't scary. But it was directed by Jeffrey Delman, who also wrote it. Uh, he's known for uh, a movie called The Random Shooting in L.A. and The Search for Snuggy Bear. But he's better as a writer. He's done a lot of writing and a lot of film crew stuff. Have you, have you seen any of these, like Random Shooting in L.A. or Snuggy Bear? I have not. I don't think they're probably not much better than this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we should probably track them down and see what happens, see how they are. We probably should. We probably should. <laughs> but stick with this, people. This movie is actually a lot of fun to talk about. Who, who else is this train wreck starring? <laughs> Most of the people here are lesser known. A lot of the people in this movie were in things like The Search for Snuggy Bear, Random right? Shooting in L.A. I love that fucking name. <laughs> There's like three people in this movie that you recognize. Scott Valentine plays Peter. He was in My Demon Lover and Asleep with a Vampire. Oh, God. He was in Family Ties. He, he was the, the next door neighbor that was the, the romantic interest. He was also in the Black Scorpion movies and most of the sequels. He did quite a bit in there. I have never seen any of these. Family Ties with Michael J. Fox. Okay. Oh, that's Family Ties. Yes. I've seen that, but I've, I, ne- I never saw My Demon Lover to Sleep with a Vampire. They both sound like porn. My Demon Lover is a comedy, and Black Scorpion was a sci-fi channel, Batman-style action series featuring a woman who dressed up at night like with scorpion powers and fought people, and he was one of the regulars. With scorpion powers? <laughs> I don't know if he had scorpion powers, just called Black Scorpion. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right. But we have Melissa Leo, and she plays Mama Bear. Um, she was in The Fighters, where she won an Oscar. Prisoners. She was in the Equalizer oh. 1 and 2, and she's been in tons and tons of TV. She's been around for a long time. She's yeah. a very good actress. And lastly, we have Rondell Sheridan. He plays the Louis <laughs> Bin guard that gets run over by the car. If you watched any stand-up comedy in the 80s, back when stand-up comedy was everywhere, he's a well-known stand-up comic. Uh, he's wrote and directed a bunch of TV and films. He's got a very recognizable face, a recognizable voice. He's fun because he just shows up in this movie and then gets run over. He, yeah, he literally shows up and gets run over. That's this. But that's pretty much it. The entire thing about the movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much everybody else. Single episodes of TV series and minor parts and mostly unknown movies. But this movie actually made some money. Tell us about the box office on this thing. This box office is a lie. I don't believe this. <laughs> it made $4.6 on a budget of only a million. This movie was made for almost nothing, which I would believe. But uh, the worldwide market 
most of it in Europe. I think it made like 1.7 here in the US and the rest of that all came from overseas. They need better movies then. The 80s must have been tough. <laughs> the 80s were tough for movies, man. We had some we had some bad stuff back then. Dude, I could name like nine 80s movies that's better than this. Of course you could. But not as fun. Not as much fun. But not as fun to watch, no. though. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. All right, Jerry. Yep. Why is this movie such a fun watch? And uh, what, what's the plot of this thing? <laughs> Here's a brief summary of the plot. It's an anthology film. Starts out with Uncle Mike, who is stuck babysitting his really annoying nephew, Brian. Brian's afraid of something he says he keeps hearing in his room. And he keeps bugging his uncle, Matt, uh, his uncle Mike to come tell him stories. So the first tale, he says, is tales is a story of Peter and the witches. There's a pair of bickering witches that are sisters. They get a slave boy named Peter. That's Scott Valentine. And uh, they now get him to help them lure other people to their deaths. Basically, the witches plan to use the victims, including a parson and a farm girl, to locate and reanimate the remains of their dead sister, Magoga. Eventually, Peter convinces the farm girl to come with him. Realizes that he doesn't want her to die. So he fights back, uh, rescues Miranda. The two witches die in the escape, but one of the witches dies on top of the corpse of Bagoga, who reanimates and catches the pair as they're escaping. But the farm girl helps him kill off Magoga and tear Magoga's heart out. Happy ending all around. Except Brian doesn't like the happy ending. So Mike turns around and has Magoga stand back up and strangle them to death. <laughs> so that's the first story. It's pretty gory, actually. I think this was probably the most glorious one yeah. of all the, uh, the, uh, the stories. What, what, what did you think of this one? Uh, I thought the story was decent. Uh, I thought the acting was good. I especially liked the two witches. They did a really good job. Right. The medieval setting was nice. And I thought the special effects were not good except for Magoga. I think the entire special effects budget in this entire movie was just on Magoga's reanimation. <laughs> I just love the name Magoga. <laughs> but the two women playing the witches, I mean, everybody took the, their role seriously. Everyone can somewhat act in this movie. Yeah, though some of the dialogue's not great. No, the dialogue is horrible. The acting's good. This actually had the best dialogue. This had the best dialogue, probably the best acting. You're right. This one felt more like a story, I thought. Yeah, this one definitely had its own little story going on. After that, Uncle Mike goes back downstairs to start watching, like, what is it? Miss, Miss Nude USA or something like that. Yes. He's like, Miss Nude USA's on cable. What do you want? <laughs> and then Brian demands a second story. Uh, so his horny uncle comes back upstairs. And tells him the story of Red Riding Hood. And in this case, Red Riding Hood is a girl named Rachel, who basically he like talks about her. Who just comes back from cheerleader practice, by the way. Comes back from cheerleader practice, <laughs> starts to feel herself up in front of the mirror while fantasizing oh, about Jesus. losing her virginity to her boyfriend. Uh, she has to go to her grandma's house and pick up her grandma's meds on the way. When she goes there, it turns out there's a guy already there who's trying to get his own meds, his own drugs. It turns out this guy is a werewolf. And the reason he gets these drugs is he basically gets what I'm going to guess from looking at his heroin and basically puts himself out for three days straight during the full moon. So he doesn't hurt anybody. So socially irresponsible werewolf. That's a great, actually a great uh, idea for a werewolf. Unfortunately, the pharmacist, who's kind of a douchebag, mixes up the prescriptions and the werewolf gets grandma's Maylocks and grandma gets the heroin. <laughs> In the meantime, <laughs> Red's douchebag boyfriend basically <laughs> takes her to this shed the two of them have sex. She loses her virginity. And then uh, they go to visit grandma. When they get to grandma's house, it turns out that the werewolf is broken in, attacked grandma. He kills the boyfriend. Uh, but Red finds one of grandma's um, silver pie servers and stabs the werewolf. Werewolf dies. 
and Red gets her grandma to the hospital. But in the hospital, as the moon comes up, her grandma's talking to her, and all of a sudden, her grandma starts growing fangs. So Red Riding Hood says to her grandmother, Grandma, what big teeth you have. And that's the end of episode two. A fun little twist on Red Riding Hood. It was a fun little twist. I like the whole idea, like the werewolf was like, okay, I know I'm kind of like a monster. Someone's going to drug myself up and yeah. get pe- you know pass out. I can't hurt anyone then. I like that idea. I thought that was pretty good. And I thought the characters were all fairly believable. I mean, her boyfriend is a douchebag, but man, I knew guys like that in high school. Every time I saw that man, he's pulling a cigarette out and smoking it. <laughs> yes, he was. It's 80s. I guess. But still. <laughs> and she keeps telling him no and makes him put the cigarette out. And I'm thinking, you know what, dude? You keep complaining that this doesn't keep happening and that you and you, you're trying to get this girl in the sack and you know she doesn't like you smoking, man. Dude, put the cigarettes away, dude. Right? You got to decide what's your very priorities are here. <laughs> the effects on this one, though, I mean, the werewolf was decent looking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you see the part when he like he clawed the, the boyfriend's back? Yeah. They actually showed like claw marks and things like that. So the special effects are good. They put some effort into it. Yeah. This one was good. And the werewolf was an interesting character, too. And the grandmother was disturbing. <laughs> the grandma was weird. I've got to be clever. I know how to use it. I love that part. Yeah. As soon as the, the webs are changing, like they went at the house and she's literally polishing the silver uh, pie thing. Which was good foreshadowing. Listen, it's a werewolf movie. You see her polishing silver. You know how that's going to get used. But at least they put it in early enough in the movie that when it shows up again, it makes sense. I also think this is probably the first werewolf death by pie server. I have ever seen. That's also true. Probably World Death by Pie server. I like that. So the third story comes up, and this is my favorite story of the three. Oh, God. <laughs> and this is a retelling of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> so bad. The Three Bears turn out to be Mama Bear, yeah. Papa Bear, and Baby Bear. Are they real, really bears? No, it's the Bear family. B-A-E-R and Papa Bear and Baby Bear are at the County Hope home for the hopelessly insane which i love that yeah Uh, which accepts credit cards they just decide to leave baby bear is really not that bright papa bear is basically whining but mama bear shows up breaks them out of the home for the hopelessly insane driving over one of the security guards on the way out they start to return home when they get there it turns out that the house that they thought was abandoned is actually not and that there's a telekinetic psychopath named goldilocks who's using their own old home as a hideout. And it's full of her dead ex-boyfriends. She keeps finding boys. And as soon as they try to have sex with her, she murders them horrible. You actually see her uh, impaling one of them and then dragging the body through the air into the house. Yeah, that was a weird scene. Oh, it's great. They, well, they had to set her, they, well, they had to set her up as, as you know, that this is a problem that she's had where she can't, where boys, she says boys only want one thing. To live? Whenever they get there, she kills them. In the meantime, we also see these TV reports, oh. um, and you see Goldilocks using her telekinesis to like <laughs> mess with the TV reporters at the studio from long distance. So she's really powerful. But you also see that Lieutenant Jack B. Nimble and Captain Jack B. Quick are two <laughs> opposing policemen trying to catch Goldilocks, and they're running separate task forces. They get into a fight on TV, and they talk about how everybody's trying to, trying to run her down and capture her. So the Bear family comes home. They find Goldilocks uh, in the shower. They decide that the four of them should all work together and figure out a way to get away so that they can live a different life. She goes outside to bury all of all the dead bodies because Papa Bear says, you know, they're in my house. And while she's trying to bury the bodies, she starts flirting a little bit with Baby Bear, who tries to kiss her. She gets angry and drops a tree on his head, which 
just basically stuns him into even more amorous things. And he goes over and tries to kiss her again. And he starts kissing her over and over again. And she succumbs to his kisses. And then she rolls him over. And it is implied that the two of them have sex. And now they're in love and happy together. She's finally found a guy she loves. And they decide they're all going to go on the run together. So the Bears and Goldie decide to head to the pizza parlor to get some food. Meanwhile, uh, Lieutenant Nimble and Captain Quick lead opposing police forces on opposite sides of the bear house where Mama Bear has a bunch of dynamite stored up and they charge the house shooting through the house at each other, blowing up the house, making everybody thinks they're dead and basically causing a major catastrophe on on, uh, local TV. In the meantime, the Bear family and Goldilocks are all at the pizza parlor. The waitress is kind of rude to all of them. And so when it comes time to pay, Goldilocks simply uses her powers to choke the waitress to death from a distance and then turns to the family and says, my treat. And they all go off to live a life of happiness and manslaughter. I believe the quote is Goldilocks, the three bears lived happily ever after those they came across. However, not so much. And you see them run over somebody else on the way out. So that's Goldilocks, the three bears. Uh, that, that is definitely a twist on that movie or a uh, story. Oh, yeah. And then the story finally ends and Mike makes Brian go to bed. And as soon as he leaves, Brian hears a noise and looks up. And the noise he's been hearing is this little gargoyle monster that drops from the ceiling on top of Brian. Brian is screaming and his uncle Mike just thinks it's you're just noise again and says, nah. And that's the end of the movie. So that was our anthology dead time stories. It's not great, but when you hear some of the details of the making of this movie, it's pretty impressive. We're going to jump right into that. I'll gladly jump right into this one. Go for it. This, the scene with uh, the witches that was all filmed in the director's backyard. We'll film here, and I guess save some money on this million dollars, I probably. And the house that the Bears lived in, that the house they filmed around, was the house that Delman and Melissa Leo were living in at the time. That was their house. Oh, geez. And they were sharing it with the guy who played Papa Bear. Nice. <laughs> Most of this movie was shot in and around this guy's house. When you realize that and then go back and it's like, okay, the special effects weren't great, but he did a lot of good camera work for something that, that, that close. Uh, there's also a scene in the beginning when uh, Peter's going out to, they're going to go out to get the, the parson. Right. They pass a gallows where there's a bunch of people strangling to death on nooses. They've been hung, but they didn't break their necks. They left them strangling to death. The one man he walks up and talks to is the director. <laughs> That's great. Strangling on the gallows. It's interesting. I could not find an actual budget on this, but they were discussing it in different different places and said that they don't believe that the budget was any, it was over a million dollars. Oh, I don't think it was. And apparently Scott Valentine showed up early to the sets to do a lot of his own makeup to save them time and money. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so good for him. So there were things I liked about this movie. There are things that are not great about this movie. Uh, I actually liked the catchy opening rock song. So did I. Yes. That was actually, that was, the whole scene was great. It's a little stop motion thing where there's that, where the, you see a hand moving the pages mm-hmm. uh, with all the credits on them. And every couple pages, a different hand that gets more and more monstrous. So first it's just like a clawed hand pulls the other hand away and then it becomes like a demon hand and then like a lizard dinosaur hand. <laughs> it just keeps going on and on. The opening made me want to stay for a little longer. I was like, okay, this is a great opening. Let's see what this thing's about. I thought that while the mo- the stories themselves were comical and not very scary, they were a lot of fun. They were. And it was a neat twist on three classic fairy tales. It was a nice way to update those three things. It reminded me, have you ever seen Sidney White? No. It's a movie with, um, oh crap, I think I think of the girl's name now, Amanda Bynes, where hmm. her mom dies when she's born, and so her dad raises her 
with all of his construction people. And so she's grown up as a bunch of tomboy. But her mom was like a legacy at this sorority at the college she's going to. So she heads off to college where it turns out the sorority is just full of a bunch of mean girls. And after a while, she can't put up with them. So she gets sent to live in the house with all the losers. And so one is an aspiring medical student. One um, has narcolepsy. <laughs> one's not too bright. One's got chronic allergies. One is always like mean and, and, and ornery. One's, one's very, very shy. And it's obviously the seven dwarves. So it's Sydney White and the seven dwarves is the actual story wow. you're watching. But it's done <laughs> as a college comedy. And I'm like, okay. They introduce them one at a time. And all of a sudden you get that. You're like, oh, I get what they're doing here. It's a lot of fun. So I like movies that take, a, take something and do a little twist on it, keeping the feel of it. It's actually a fun movie. It's probably a good six out of 10. If you like college teen comedies uh, with a little twist, Sydney White's not bad. I gotta check that one out then. There's a lot of other stuff in this movie though that that that, that, that are not great. No, uh, not, not really. How'd you feel about those special effects, John? <laughs> those special effects are, woo. Uh, this is probably the worst special effects I've seen in a while. Yes, even for the '80s, these things were bad. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty bad special effects in '80s movies too. <laughs> but uh, th- this uh, doesn't go too highly for special effects, really. What's the movie that we saw that had the really bad blood with all the, oh, um, Bones. Oh, yeah, with Bones. Yeah, with, with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, the, the blood in this is, is like that. It's, it's obviously just paint. Maybe it's watered down a little. <laughs> in the first scene, it's just paint. In the one with the, with the werewolf, the special effects are much better. Yeah, I wonder if they uh, changed uh, people who were working on it or not at that time. That is, that is the outlier of them. Because then you get back to the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and they're- Yeah, that one. The, the, the special effects are not, but they're- they're comical in, in a way. When you get into the house where Goldilocks has got all of her dead bodies lying around, some of the dead bodies look really good. And so some not. <laughs> yeah. One of them is, is leaning on a table and you could he's he's dead. The guy who breathing <laughs> yeah. and you can see him breathing. <laughs> he's yes, breathing. Yes. Honey, the corpse is breathing again. <laughs> uh, tell us about a lighting problem, John. <laughs> so one of the, the stories is happening in the background is the uncle trying to get his bride little kid, this, you know, or ne- uh, nephew to sleep. Right. But if you look, there is sunshine and the sun is shining straight through this kid's window. And you could obviously tell this is either early morning or midday still. And he's just like, go to sleep. I'm like, the sun's out. (laughs) Turn around. Look out the window. That's something an editor should have caught and done something with. You would think if you're filming, you would see that, right? (laughs) Get some tinfoil and put it on the window. Cost you 99 cents. Take that out of your million dollar budget. (laughs) That's true. And tinfoil would have helped. The stories aren't moving very fast. Pretty much all of them are like a little slow start to actually get things going. Except this is an 86 minute movie. So you're never you're never sitting slow for long. No. The Red Riding Hood one is probably the slowest, mostly because you've got the gratuitous Red Riding Hood feeling yourself up in front of the mirror scene in the beginning. And then you have the the boyfriend of her scene uh, slows it down a lot. Goldilocks and Three Bears starts out running and it doesn't stop moving. For yes. the whole time. I mean, that, that, that moves. It, the whole movie's a farce. It's fun, but it's not scary. And mm-hmm. then I think had they made the Red Riding Hood one scarier, it would have been a better horror movie, but it's it's a farce. If you're going to see so, a funny horror movie, this one's good. You know what uh, got me was when uh, the kid was like, oh, I don't like that ending. And the uncle's like, fine, Magdala, whatever her name is, jumps up and kills them. And she's like, she, her, hands, her hands are on their throats and there's like, wah, 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 and their heads are like bouncing back and forth. She suddenly stands back up and grabs them. Yeah. And then... 
the two bodies start thrashing around themselves. She's not really choking them. No. They're choking <laughs> themselves. Which I think is supposed to be cheesy, but it's 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 funny. It's it's <laughs> I don't like that sappy ending. All right. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Everything involving Goldilocks and Three Bears is cheesy as hell. Oh, yes. From the comments, uh, Papa Bear finds her in the shower naked. She looks at him and she tells him, you know, what, you're expecting maybe Janet Lee." Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't get that reference. Oh, Janet Lee from Psycho. Oh, God, how the hell did I get that reference? Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, yeah. Janet Lee, was the woman who R- dies right. in Psycho in the shower. Holy that, that's, that's, the, that's the joke. All the little one-liners, the romance scene between Baby and... Goldilocks is over the top cheesy and it looks like something out of yeah but the little rascals she beats him into the ground he's like what a woman she starts kissing him she's like baby baby and then she flips him over and she has a, a, a basically a psychic orgasm it's goofy it's really goofy but the best is they had she has like that weird psychic orgasm and then they're like well we're dating now <laughs> she's found the guy who finally showed her what she was looking yeah. for it's the 80s so we have glorious gratuitous nudity in this movie every scene every scene you get rachel who's uh red riding hood nicole picard who's basically in a lingerie scene you of course get goldilocks uh naked in the shower over and over again Catherine de prune you even get old witches tatas you get old witches tatas more importantly because we're equal because we're, we're, we're equal gratuitous you get naked scott valentine when he's getting out of the ba- bathtub yes you do that's right ah you get everything. <laughs> you get every yeah, you get everything from him. Yeah. <laughs> he gets out naked and, and the witches are watching him and he's hanging dong and showing his butt. It's a good thing. So good for everybody, man. I mean, uh, not my thing, but I mean Goldilocks was fun. But yeah, if you if you want 80s gratuitous nudity, this movie has it. And uh and everybody looks like they're having a good time with it too. They just look like they everybody's having, having fun on set too. That's great. Yeah. Now, when they go in the house to find Goldilocks. Yeah. <laughs> The mom says, do you want me to throw my dynamite in there? They're like, no, no, save that for later. And then she's like, well, then I'll bring the Uzi. That's not an Uzi she's carrying. I'm not really sure what kind of machine gun it is. It looks like one of the Stormtroopers guns from Star Wars. It does. It actually, yeah, I think it it might actually be a Stormtrooper gun from Star Wars. It's definitely not an Uzi, though. (laughs) Even an Uzi that still has the barrel on it. I try to find out, like, what gun it was. I was like, I, I Googled it, like. Gun and uh, used in dead time stories, and trust me, that got me nowhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a precursor to the M1N1 Chinese assault rifle from Deep Rising. Wasn't that the the H1N1 300 milligram? No, H1N1 <laughs> is something very different. Oh, that's right. H1N1. H1N1. <laughs> H1N1. <laughs> oh my god! All right, and of course, for me, probably the most quotable line of this movie, something I use in role play games all the time is when the news reporter is asking Lieutenant Jack B. Nimble, how do you plan to stop Goldilocks' reign of terror? Yeah, what is arrest her and put her in jail? That ought to do it. That's exact, that's exact quote. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I suppose people are starting to ask, is there anything horrific in this movie? And there is. Some. <laughs> First of all, you get the demon at the end of the movie. I kind of like the little demon at the end. The little stop motion kind of creepy looks kind of like a ghoulie almost you know what yeah he did look kind of like a ghoulie huh all the scenes with him you can hear his voice like brian's not imagining things there's definitely something evil in his room yes as annoying as he is for the entire movie like yeah that thing's gonna something in this room is trying to kill him and when it finally does it's pretty scary looking uh the the three witches yeah that the, the whole story is like pretty horrifying you see them kind of like cut their one priest's hand off actually they melted off yeah they melted off 
you get to see that their sister slowly becoming, you know, being reanimated and her heart growing and things like that. So that one is, actually is pretty terrifying. And Magoga herself is pretty creepy looking. Yeah. Actually, all three witches are kind of creepy looking. They do a good job with them. I wouldn't use creepy on some of them. I was more like disturbing looking. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you get the corpses in Goldie's home. The ones that aren't breathing when they're not supposed to. You've got people impaled on spikes. You've got people who've been burnt to a crisp. Uh, she's constantly putting her arm around and talking to this like desiccated skeleton yes. on the couch that she's talk- talking to all the time. So there's some decent horror in there. Kind of reminded me of uh, Sleepaway Camp when they find all the uh, dead bodies. Kind of reminded me of that part. And, and of course, you also get the werewolf itself. His decent special effect, kind of creepy. He's stalking. I mean, he kills the boyfriend. So, you know, the, the, yeah. the stakes have been raised. Um, overall, uh, because for all the goofiness of this movie, this movie has a decent body count. The body count's about 14. Not counting the dead bodies that Goldilocks has. Yeah, that's true. Between three and five in the first one, depending on how you count when the story ends. Mm-hmm. You get you get uh, three in the second one. In the third one, security guard getting run over. Several of the guy who's who gets who gets caught in the car door when they smash into it. The the one uh, impaled by a fence post. The waitress, uh, little Brian, gets eaten at the end. It's weird because these deaths that they happen so quick, but everything's like moving and everything seems so fun yep. and kind of funny. You kind of like glance over them, and that's it. Yeah, the third part is probably the the most violent of the three. I would think so, especially like Mama Bear runs over the guard. Then stops and backs over him again. Yes, and puts in reverse. <laughs> She's like, oh, I, hang on, I only winged him. Oh, by the way, do you know why she was wearing the big bulky sweater? No. Melissa Leo apparently broke her arm just before filming. They put a cast on her arm and then put, put the, the, sweater, the sweater over it. Oh, really? Yeah, she's always got her left arm immobile. She's holding the gun with it. She's sitting in the car drive with her other, with her other hand. She just decided to film around it. So Yeah, I give her credit, right? She breaks her arm, so that finishes the movie. You realize it, it was... Done on a shoestring budget with a bunch of non-actors with a kind of goofy plot, but everybody in it did a damn good job trying. Yeah, <laughs> you get you get A for effort with this one. You get A for effort. That's our uh, review of Dead Time Stories. You probably wouldn't drink the coffee, would you? <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, 100%. I would, if I could find a cheap version, I would buy this. This is like the fourth time I've seen this movie. It's been like over a decade since I've seen it. But I enjoy this movie, especially the third part. I think you you said it best when you said if you went, if you were having a party somewhere, you said this would be a great movie to put on the background. Yep. It's quotable. There are lots of good quotes in this movie. It, like, yeah, you're right, though. It's 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 a bad, fun movie. With a better budget and tighter directing, this would have been a decent anthology film. And if they decided to remake it, this would be prime for a remake. You put this in the hands of a, of a semi-competent director. Any of the directors from VHS would have done a great job with this. Yes, it is a horror movie. It is a horror movie. For what they spent on it, what they got back and what they pulled out of it, I thought it was fun. I would, I would watch it again. If you're looking for a goofy horror movie that's not going to scare you and, that's not go- and that, that you're just going to go into it with the idea of you're just going to watch some 80s schlock, <laughs> this is a fun movie. Yes, this is definitely something just to check out. All right. How about you, John? Would you drink the horror-flavored coffee or would you give up... How much coffee would you give up to watch this again? Would you give up a cup to watch this again? Yeah, I, I think I'll give up a cup, uh, one cup to watch this again. All right. I'll take that. I like that. All right. <laughs> Lastly, um, we'd like to thank some Facebook groups that let us uh, promote this show on their Facebook pages. Uh, the first is Candyland Night Terrors. And we have Horror Hoodlums. With that, my treat. Okay. <laughs> See ya.